Welcome to Beltway Talk, the podcast of the American International Automobile Dealers Association, where we examine the intersection between politics and the automobile retail industry. I'm your host, Hannah Oliver. Today's episode of Beltway Talk is brought to you by DealerOps. Track every aspect of your automotive group with reports and applications for every employee in your organization. Find out more at AIADA.org. Ed Lewis is joining us on today's podcast. He is the Director of Public Policy Communications at Toyota's Washington, D.C. office and has spent his career working in the auto industry. He's talking with us today about his job and the importance of dealers to Toyota's advocacy and grassroots efforts. Welcome to Beltway Talk, Ed. Well, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Um, Can you first introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us about who you are and what you do for Toyota's D.C. office? Well, let me sort of start from the beginning. I've been with the auto industry for about 30 years now, working for three different companies as well as our trade association Mm -hmm. early on in my career. Uh, As director of public policy communications uh, at Toyota, I work with our lobbying and our federal affairs teams on media outreach uh, that concerns the major policy issues affecting Toyota and, some, and the industry as well. Of course, those include uh, CAFE, which we're all familiar with, uh, international trade, energy, taxes, vehicle safety, just to name a few. Uh, but it also includes um, promoting Toyota uh, initiatives like our workforce training program uh, and what Toyota is doing to invest in the U.S. Okay. And as you know, I also work with our trade associations like AIDA mm-hmm. uh, to coordinate media plans and press statements on policy issues affecting our industry as a whole, both with manufacturers and with uh, dealers. So you might say that I create and implement programs aimed at increasing Toyota's influence okay. uh, as a major automaker and thought leader. Well, it sounds like you are a very busy guy. Um what other roles have you held before you came to Toyota? Well, that's a good question. Um, with all three of my uh, auto uh, jobs, uh, I've held positions uh, in manufacturing, in sales and marketing, in uh, engineering, mm-hmm. uh, and government affairs. So most uh, have been in Washington, with exception when I was at Ford, I spent uh, four or five years in uh, Dearborn at okay. headquarters. Okay. So you've, you've done DC, you've done, um, Motor City. Yeah. sounds like yeah, you have yeah. quite the, uh, range of experience. Um, most of our listeners are not in Washington, DC. They are outside the beltway. So could you tell them just a little bit about what a typical work week looks like for you here in DC? Oh, you know, that's the exciting thing about my job. I never know what's going to happen from week to week. Um, uh, it can range from writing statements uh, on behalf of the company, conducting roundtables uh, with journalists uh, on a particular topic, uh, preparing op-eds, uh, usually for our plant presidents, mm-hmm. uh, conducting an interview with a journalist with one of our you know, Washington team members. It could mean playing defense as a spokesman mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when government proposals affect our business uh, or when you know, groups attempt to sully our reputation and so that it's it it runs the the gamut uh, recently uh as you know uh cafe is has been in the news uh, mm-hmm. uh toyota and gm and several other companies uh intervened in the, the lawsuit between california and the federal government mm-hmm. 
uh, that should keep us busy for a long time. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's one of those issues that uh, started back in the 70s and it's taken on different uh, uh, iterations uh, yeah. over the last uh, umpteen years. So uh, probably we buckle your seatbelt because we'll be involved in this now for another uh, decade or more. Yeah. I'd be surprised if we weren't. Yeah, so it sounds like you'll be busy for the foreseeable future, I guess you could yes. say. At least with CAFE. Yeah. Um, in your estimation, how has our industry changed over the years? Oh, boy. Um, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, think about it. The, the pace of change uh, is astounding right now. In the last 16 years, uh, we've seen three major disruptors in our life. So you get to talk about Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the car buying side, I think the internet, uh, the internet has made customers more knowledgeable about cars. Uh, True Car, Cars.com, and other news outlets have transformed uh, how we buy and sell uh, vehicles uh, and how we treat uh, our customers to a large degree. Right now, that the only form of uh, it used to be that the only form of information a customer had about a car was from the dealer. Now, when you walk into a dealership, uh, the customer knows the background on the car, that knows what they want, they, knows the, they know the stats, they know uh, just about everything in the price point as well. They know all that and so uh, you're really there to, uh, uh, dealers are really there to uh, complete the transaction. On the communication side, uh, I'd say we've, we have to adjust to the, to the speed in which uh, our audience uh, expects to receive information. The news cycle is no longer uh, measured in days. It's now measured in uh, minutes and, uh, and hours. Uh, when we communicate with uh, media now, it's usually through a media conference call or webcast. Mm -hmm. Long gone are the days when we depended on a, on a fax machine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I'll say this too. If you... If you believe the uh, industry uh, prognosticators, the future disruptors in our industry will be shared mobility, uh, electrification, uh, connectivity, and autonomous driving. Uh, I don't think anyone really knows uh, what the auto industry would look like uh, in 15 years. Mm -hmm. uh, we, 15 years ago, we didn't know uh, where we would be at this point. Uh, in our, our history. So uh, every person, including reporters, uh, they, they have a computer at home, uh, they have a mobile device. Uh, journalists will contact, the, contact us at all hours looking for a comment uh, or uh, to ask a question. Uh, and so in fact, I, you could uh, say that we're always on call. Having said that, is there anything that surprises you about working in the auto industry in Washington in 2019? And just to follow on that, what kind of misconceptions do you encounter among the media and policy? You, you'd, you'd be surprised. Uh, I'm, I'm astonished that uh, uh, many members of Congress, especially uh, with a new administration, uh, they are not aware that um, Toyota and other international automakers actually build cars in the U.S. Huh. Uh, they're amazed to learn that, uh, in, at least in our case, 70% of what we sell in the U.S. is built in North America. Mm -hmm. uh, they're always surprised uh, when uh, they find out international automakers actually export uh, vehicles from the U.S. 
in, in again, in our case, we um, have 13 different U.S. models uh, that we export to 32 countries. Uh, so consequently, we are always looking for new ways to educate Congress and the White House, especially since uh, every two, every four or eight years, there's a turnover in both yeah. uh, both chambers. Yeah, yeah, that does create for some upheaval on the regular. Um, what kind of federal issues are you focused on right now? And what are you and Toyota doing to combat them or advocate for them? Well, as I mentioned, uh, CAFE is our number one uh, issue right now. Mm-hmm. It will remain probably at the top of our list for, for some time. Uh, however, we still uh, are not completely out of the woods with uh, the imposition of tariffs on vehicle imports. Um, we still need to uh, Congress to, to pass the uh, USMCA, you know, the U.S., uh, Mexico, and uh, Canadian uh, trade agreement. And the other, I guess the other legislative proposal um, that our lobbyists are following uh, concerns cybersecurity, electric vehicle mandates, and of course, autonomous vehicles, just to name a few. Because trade is such a hot topic right now, Ed, can we take a few minutes to talk a little bit about what Toyota is doing to impact the issue here in Washington? Sure, I'm glad you asked. Um, we have a multi-pronged approach. Uh, we're, 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 we, we're blessed to have uh, all the assets that we do. First, we, in, we engage our senior uh, leadership to come to Washington uh, and talk with lawmakers on, uh, in a person-to-person uh, uh, meeting about the uh, company's concerns. They, they point out that you know, we've made uh, investments $28 billion in the U.S. We employ 179,000 people at our plants and our dealerships. Uh, we mentioned the fact that uh, our biggest plant in the world is in uh, uh, Kentucky. And, and after 60 years here in the U.S., we, uh, we plan to stay around. <laughs> uh, I mean, th- those are some of the key points we keep repeating yeah. uh, to educate uh, members of Congress uh, in addition to the substance of the uh, issue, uh, the policy issue, or the legislation itself. Are there any specific ways that you are involving dealers in your efforts? Uh, that's that's. I'm going to get to that. So okay. Our, our our first point is our our senior uh, leadership teams. Beyond, and I'll say this: it's one thing for our lobbyists to talk to uh, members of Congress. They see them all the time. Mm-hmm. Talk to members as well as staff, but it's really. Uh, I think, uh, beneficial for them to see our senior leaders uh, come to Washington who uh, can express in real terms the impact on our business. Uh, so that's our, our, our first, uh, first asset. Uh, second uh, would be uh, our grassroots program mm-hmm. with our employees. Okay. Uh, they can generate uh, letters to uh, congressional representatives. Uh, they, uh, we, I guess we have about 80... 8,200 um, uh, team members who are okay. part of mm-hmm. uh, what we call our Toyota Policymakers Grassroots uh, Network. Okay. Uh, they've done a fantastic job uh, contacting members uh, on the trade issue, and we may have to uh, uh, activate them on uh, the cafe issue at some point. Mm-hmm. Third, uh, we rely on our dealers. Uh, nearly all of our dealers are 
members of the Toyota Lexus dealer network. Uh, since they are influential members uh, in their communities, they're also an important ally in all that we do uh, to influence Congress. And in many cases, uh, they have a personal relationship with uh, their member of Congress. They make phone calls, they write letters, they come to D.C., to Washington, to either express support or opposition to policies that impact Toyota as well as their own business. Uh, with our dealers as, as partners, it's fair to say that no other international automaker has the influence that uh, we can bring to bear on Congress. Toyota is one of the most active and visible automakers in Washington, D.C. Can you tell us a little bit about why your company values advocacy so highly? Um, I'll tell you that when, when Toyota first um, uh, arrived in this country, uh, it uh, was uh, concerned about uh, uh, its visibility uh, in, uh, in Congress. Uh, and we sort of shied away from uh, being in the, in the spotlight in Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's changed. Uh, we've been here for 60 years now, and as a global automaker, especially one in the U.S. that uh, employs 179,000 people, has 10 plants in eight states, uh, it just makes sense for us to actively participate uh, in the pl- political process. Mm-hmm. Uh, issues that significantly affect significantly uh, significantly affect <laughs> Toyota's business and our uh, stockholders, I mean stakeholders, our employees are debated every day in, uh, in Congress. Uh, we believe that uh, Toyota should uh, uh, be part of those discussions uh, and show our own uh, thought leadership on uh, some of the issues that affect, uh, uh, affect our lives. Uh, as, as the saying goes, uh, you, if, if you don't have a seat at the table, you know, you may be on the menu. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, just to conclude today, we're nearing the end of 2019. Um, do you have any plans or goals for the end of the year and on into 2020? Hmm. Again, a good question. Uh, from a communications uh, view, we are in the process of laying out our media plans for the next two years to continue educating uh, media and policymakers about Toyota's presence in the U.S. Uh, We have a great story to tell in terms of creating jobs, investing in communities, building new plants, uh, improving our environment with uh, new hybrid technology. Uh, We are in the midst of implementing a number of new ideas and earned and paid media uh, to reach people inside the Beltway. Of course, you know, we have uh, a new plant coming on uh, on stream yeah. uh, down in Alabama. Mm-hmm. We're in the midst of uh, an investment in our plant uh, operations mm-hmm. uh, through 2021 uh, that is significant. And it's part uh, of our overall investment. So far, we've invested $28 billion in the U.S. Wow. Uh, this would be an, an added $13 billion. We're in the process, in the midst of doing that right now. Okay. That's a very large investment. So. Sounds like you'll be busy into the next yeah. year and, and the year after that. Um, just to wrap up, is there anything you would like to add that we did not talk about on Beltway Talk today? Uh, yes, we want to thank our dealers uh, who are always uh, who always answer the call whenever we need them to contact a member of Congress. Uh, they are vital partners to us in Washington, 
and we like to think of them as our special operations uh, command. So uh, we, uh, we, we, again, want to congratulate uh, them on the job they're doing, but also thank them for the, the uh, work that they do uh, uh, with us in D.C. All right, Ed. Well, thank you so much for joining, joining us here on Beltway Talk today. It's been great having you, and we look forward to having you one of these days again. Thank you so much. To you listeners, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Beltway Talk. We appreciate all of you and are always looking for feedback and suggestions for future episodes. You can feel free to reach out to me at my email, oliverh at aiada.org. Join us again next time for Beltway Talk.